All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 39 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on a preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. You can stay up to date with Versus Mike History by subscribing to our newsletter and find any further information at versusmikehistory.com. Let me ask you a direct question. Under the circumstances in your heart, aren't you basically very pessimistic about the future for the Negro in the United States? No. No? No. I'm not a pessimist. Um, pessimists, I've noticed, are silent. Um, I'm not bitter either, for example. People who are bitter are silent, too. Um, no, I'm not pessimistic. I don't know how this will be achieved, but it must be achieved. So we will have to do it. back again for another episode of versus mike history this is episode 39 we are finally getting out of the 30s um i feel good it's a daytime recording this um it's a lot been going on we have a lot to catch up on we got that juicy verses to talk about and um we got some black excellence to cover so let's go ahead and get into it so as always we're gonna uh Start the episode by leading with love. I want to give a shout out to Alex of Antique Lacay. And I went on social media looking for a black owned candle business so I could buy a candle for my crib. She hit me up directly with her brand, um, giving me suggestions. And I went and I went ahead and purchased one of her candles. And the scent that I copped was very dope. It was packaged amazingly. And um, it was sent here efficiently. So I want to give a shout out to you. I also want to give a shout out to Stephanie Williams, um, the author of the fanfic comic Living Heroes, which is a um, basically a comic that uses Marvel characters uh, in place of our living single characters. And uh, she creates short stories for them. So shout out to Stephanie, I got your comic in the mail. It was very dope. I also read that she will be penning the new 
Marvel's Voices Legacy 1 comic book coming from Marvel Comics as well. So shout out to you and all your endeavors. I want to get into our Black Spotlight of the Week. Uh, this week, the spotlight is shining on 27-year-old Muslim Maureen Turner, who has been elected into the Oklahoma State Legislature, making her the first out non-binary state lawmaker in the country. So shout out to you. And it's important that we see more diversity within legislature and um, within politics in this country, because for so long, we've only seen one side of how this can play out and how this can look. And when we have a more diverse political pool within this country, we will be able to um, rise out of this oppression that we've been living in for so long. So I'm proud of all the people making strides to make changes in our country in order to make this place the melting pot that claims to be. So, yeah. But we could go ahead and get into our topics for the week. All right. Um, I feel like there's no better place to start with our topics for the week than to just go ahead and dive into what we saw um, at this versus over the weekend. Um, so Gucci and Jeezy sat down for a celebration, quote unquote, <laughs> um, which was the worst word to use to describe what took place this weekend uh, for verses. They sat down for verses and they played. Each of them had a 20 and they played that. Uh, not before letting almost an entire hour pass after what time they said the event was going to start. So shout out to CP time coming through. But um, yeah, I think that overall what we saw was very important for our culture, um, especially in lieu of all of the violence that's been going on in hip hop uh, to see these two men be able to come together and play songs without any violence occurring is very important. I just wanted to make note of that before moving forward into all of the details, because, you know, um, a lot of the times when we're reporting on stuff like this, we tend to focus on the negatives instead of the positives and it really was a big deal that these two artists came together and put aside the discrepancies to put together an entertaining show for us. Like Atlanta won, black people won, the culture won, hip hop won. But now that that is out the way, um, man, I didn't expect, and this is my up North bias, of course, but I did, I just wasn't expecting Gucci to come out swinging the way he came out swinging uh first of all his first track was recorded for the verses and was a diss track uh which i found hilarious and um his decision to be able to play truth which is a young jeezy diss where he talks about um killing his homeboy is very is very deep you know, um, these two men went through a lot, you know, a beef that spans over 15 years, I believe, was said. <laughs> uh, and, you know, for them to be able to put this together, 
and no violence occur is amazing, you know? But back to the music, Jeezy, Jeezy played heavy hitters. I'm surprised, though, that he didn't play um, My President is Black and Gucci didn't play Freaky Girl. Like, I was expecting a lot of the songs that I got, but the songs that were left on the floor were kind of like, I wonder what made, I wonder what went into that decision, you know? Um, I think that the reasoning behind that, if I had to make an assumption, was simply because these two men were defensive and Gucci especially, uh, coming out in a way that ensured that people didn't automatically side with Jeezy because Jeezy definitely has the bigger records in terms of working with bigger artists and everything like that. But Gucci, just with his ferocity and with his track record in Atlanta from the old days, you know, and having the streets on lock with the, in the, in the mixtape era, um, it was really, it was really way more balanced than I thought it was going to be. And I appreciate that. This has to be, this has to be, if not one of the highest viewed verses that I've seen. Um, the highest that I saw, I watched from Instagram live, the highest that I saw the count go up to was, I believe was 1.8 million, um, which is huge. You know what I mean? It's huge because that wasn't the only platform where you could view this event. That was only Instagram live. So they averaged 1.8 million or they, they reached 1.8 million on Instagram live, but that is completely excluding the numbers that they did on Apple music versus continues to grow. Uh, I am very happy to see this go on, continue and grow. Uh, it has been something that we have had the privilege of seeing grow and um, it's been very entertaining thus far. One thing that I do think would add to this experience, though, is some type of undercard. Um, the DJ who was spinning before this versus got started did a really good job. And um, I think that's one of the things that kept the hype up once the show actually got started is because, you know, there was already a set that was being played before they came out, which begs me to ask the question of do versus need do versus battles need undercards? I personally would say yes, but depending on how often you can put this event together and what it takes and the money and the production, you know how that goes business. But yeah, um, overall, it was a great show. Two black men came together, put their differences aside for the greater good of hip hop for black people and for Atlanta. So shout out to them. Let's keep it moving. Now, this next topic isn't necessarily news, but uh, the film circuit has been quite slow. And I know my people keep up with music news way more than they keep up with movie news. So I wanted to uh, mention here that Nia DaCosta has become the director of Captain Marvel 2. 
and this makes her the first black woman to direct a Marvel movie. Um, I think that this is a big deal, you know. Uh, first and foremost, I think that this is a huge, just because she is the second black director to be touching a Marvel film and the first black woman to be touching a Marvel film. And the main character isn't a black woman. So shout out to Strides, making strides in Hollywood and breaking down more barriers. Um, I wanted to mention this just because, you know, within the Captain Marvel franchise, we see that uh, Monica Rambeau is set to play a bigger part with her being featured in the WandaVision series that's upcoming. And, um, you know, if you don't keep up with MCU news, you can go ahead and skip through this. But yeah, so Nia DaCosta, she's uh, set to direct the second Captain Marvel film. I personally didn't really like the first one. Well, I won't say I didn't like it, but I wasn't that big of a fan of it. Um, it was a little bit too predictable, and I feel like it could have been much better, but they Marvel had its hands full in the creation of Infinity War and Endgame at the time, so the focus of Captain Marvel necessarily didn't make the strides that it needed to. Uh, this film, Captain Marvel, the first one, it still made a billion dollars uh, in lieu of its uh, lackluster quality. But um, I think that overall people would say that Marvel could have done a much better job introducing a character who they claimed is the most powerful in their cinematic universe now. And nobody really likes... And it's like... Another thing about it for me was just that, like, how many throwback movies are we going to get? Like, we got that in, um, we got, we got a lot of throwback movies in the MCU now, you know what I mean? Where they retroactively try to tell a story to make everything make sense in the MCU. Uh, but I look forward to this new story with Captain Marvel. I think that it's going to be more of a team-up film, sort of like how Iron Man 2 was or how Ant-Man and the Wasp was with um, Captain Marvel and uh, Monica Rambeau. So hopefully we'll see some really good progress on this soon. I also want to touch on Black Panther 2 while we're here, just because we know that we lost Chadwick Boseman some months back and... Um, Marvel is moving forward with Black Panther 2 and Shuri is set to play a bigger role. Shuri, who was played by Letitia Wright, is set to play a bigger role within the MCU. I'm very disappointed that we won't be able to see T'Challa, Mary Storm on film. Very disappointed that we won't be able to see that. But I am excited to see the story that the MCU develops for Shuri to be to take over the mantle as Black Panther. I do think that moving forward into this next phase, it does to me make more sense that Shuri is a Black Panther as all of the old familiar faces or most of the old familiar faces from the franchise have moved on. So it doesn't not make sense especially since we don't have the luxury of bringing Chadwick Boseman back, but also um, 
with this new MCU that we were about to that we are about to see, I think that uh, a changing of the guard on a grand scale was is going to be um, the best decision moving forward for Marvel because a lot of people have been talking about how a lot of major players uh, are departing the franchise and um, the future of Marvel is kind of like hanging in the whim. But I don't really feel like that. They have a lot of properties that they have put a lot of effort in into and a lot of time that they've had to develop these things the way they want to um, in order to tell the stories, the new stories that we as comic fans want to see. And um, yeah. Now you guys know that this is not the place you come for your sports takes, but the NBA draft was did occur over this past weekend, and I do want to highlight some of the names that ended up going up on the board. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Anthony Edwards, who got drafted at number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I want to shout-out LaMelo Ball, who was drafted at number three to the Hornets. And I shout-out to um, Isaac Okoro, uh, Onyeka Onkongwu, and Obi Toppin. And I believe there was one other name. Oh, I think that was pretty much it. I wanted to shout out to those brothers for getting drafted in into the NBA. I hope you guys, I wish you guys the best. And I hope you guys do everything that you seek to do within the league. And I just want to give a shout out to the Nigerian representation that was present in the NBA draft this year. I think it's important to highlight that moving forward that it's not just all african-americans it's people coming from different leagues as well who have experience and um yeah shout out to these black men and i hope they make a difference moving forward in the league and you know new exciting basketball that's all it's about now usually in the music portion of this podcast we go ahead and talk about all the new music that's come out but uh some very important anniversaries have just passed and I would be remiss if I didn't cover them so I do want to take to take the time to talk about two albums that are very important um I want to talk about the 20th anniversary of Erica Badu's Mama's Gun uh that is a very pivotal album for our culture in terms of the blending of hip-hop and R&B, and Miss um, Badu's Celestial Soul uh, gracing us with her, her second album, Following Baduism. And I think that it's important to shed light on the importance of following up an album that most would consider impossible to follow up on with that type of project and that type of creative release. Um, the, the songs on that album are timeless and I know many people who consider that to be a better album than Baduism. I am not one of those people, but, um, I can respect it. You know what I mean? Everybody has different views on Erica Badu, but some of the standouts or my favorites on this album, uh, happened to be didn't you know uh and on uh in love with you 
Bag Lady, of course, Times Are Wasting, and Green Eyes. So shout out to Miss Badu. Shout out to all of my R&B and soul lovers out there. Shout out to my lovers of hip-hop because Mama's Gun is for all of those people. And I think that Erica Badu will go down... Well, she already is a legend to many of us. So it's just interesting to see how her legacy will be remembered once she is not here. And yeah. Now, this next album that I'm about to get into um, is extremely, extremely important to me. Very influential on my creative process and how I took in art at the time how I perceived art at the time. And I think that this album I would consider to be of kin to something like Thriller. Uh, it's it's of that up it's of that echelon to me. Uh and the album I'm talking about is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Um for you rap purists out there I hope that you guys view this album the way it should be as one of the greatest rap albums of all time, because that indeed what it is. That indeed is what it is. Uh, from top to bottom, this album is damn near flawless. But before we get into how flawless the album is, I want to talk about the moments leading up to the album uh, with good fridays and how that shook the internet so during this time called the blog era kanye west decided to fly to hawaii to record his next studio album and in order to roll out said album um he decided to collaborate with a plethora of hip-hop artists that we know and love to put out songs every Friday leading up to the release of the album. Now, this album is, as we know now, is, is spectacular. But the songs leading up to the release of this album were also just as spectacular. And we got offerings such as Don't Look Down. We got offerings such as Christian Dior Denim Flow. We got offerings such as Don't Stop featuring Pharrell and Kanye West. I mean, featuring Pharrell and Lupe, Pharrell and Lupe Fiasco. We got the Power Remix featuring Jay Z. Um, we got Christmas in Harlem with Tiana Taylor. And there is no other time in hip hop that I can remember. Some remember people being on the edge of their seat looking forward to music from one artist the way that people were looking for music from Kanye West. Um, this album, top to bottom, from Dark Fantasy, Gorgeous, Power, All of the Lights, the collaboration that it takes to put together some put together something like All of the Lights is incredible. Monster with Nicki Minaj's standout verse is incredible. So Appalled, which was one of the Good Friday offerings made the album um, featuring Sahai's amazing verse, 
We got Devil in a New Dress, which was also a Good Friday offering, but was extended to add some beautiful keys by Mike Dean and a verse, an immaculate verse by Rick Ross. Uh, we got Runaway by Pusha T, which is basically the um, the hallmark of this album. Hell of a Life, amazing. Blame Game, which features John Legend and um, the legend himself, Chris Rock. And this album set the tone for using Chris Rock for people's albums. Um, Lost in the World, which we received a uh, a video for two years after this album was released. And, or was it a year? I believe, I think it was a year. And Who Will Survive in America? Closing it out with some wise words from Gil Scott Heron. Um, words can't describe how much this album means to me. But I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful for the man that created it. So shout out to Kanye. Shout out to all my hip-hop fans that love this album just as much as I do. And we're going to go ahead and move on to some new music that came out. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't listen to pretty much any new music that came out this week. But we did get Megan Thee Stallion's debut album good news i'm gonna go ahead and check that out i know the hotties are excited shout out to y'all for having uh y'all's fearless leader drop some new music uh but we also got a quarantine pack from meek i did actually get a chance to hear um a couple of these songs and i do like the paint away joint with dirk um dirk has been on a nice little run this year um we also got the recession two by jeezy we got CB5 from French Montana. And um, we got My Brother's Keeper from The Baby, which was a short EP. And um, I didn't speak on this earlier, but The Baby did lose his brother to suicide. So um, we send in love his way. And I know that um, that man has been through some things since the beginning of his career. So. I could only imagine how he feels right now. So sending love to uh, the baby and uh, St. John released a project as well. He released an album uh, while the world was burning. So shout out to him. And we're going to round this out with. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it with new music for the week. I didn't really didn't get to listen to most of those projects, but shout out to them. And um, I'm going to go ahead and check those out in this following week to jump right into television by talking about The Undoing. Uh, this is a series that was suggested to me by my brother. And I'm always weary to start new new series that people suggest to me because I don't trust people's <laughs> uh, taste in, in television. But my brother, he has been holding it down all quarantined. So I uh, checked out The Undoing. And man, this show is fantastic. Um, it keeps me on the edge of my seat every week. And the unraveling of this story and how everything is playing out is quite fantastic, I must say. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's on HBO Max. Um, and it drops. It's still coming out. The series is ongoing currently. And I, I'm very curious to see 
who comes out at the end of this season or series, miniseries, whatever, whichever it is, as the culprit. Um, I won't tell you who my pick is because one, I'm not really sure, even though I do have an idea. Um, but also because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who might want to go ahead and check it out after this. I did also want to get into the Fresh Prince reunion that uh, debuted on HBO Max as well. So growing up, Fresh Prince was always one of my favorite shows. It was absolutely hilarious. And it was one of those shows that had such a dynamic cast. Like there wasn't only one funny person on the show. The the entire cast was pretty hilarious from Hillary to Ashley to Jeffrey to Philip, to Vivian, the old Vivian, of course, even the little Nikki, um, and Carlton, of course, and jazz and whoever Don Cheeto played, <laughs> even though he didn't come back that many times, which I'll get into in a few. Um, the Fresh Prince documentary was absolutely beautiful. It was well put together and it actually made me shed a tear when I didn't think it would happen. You know, the James Avery tribute within the middle of the documentary was very emotional. And I think that it was exactly what was needed. Um, the documentary overall I'm speaking about for, for Fresh Prince fans, especially since HBO Max had already got the exclusive rights to it. And there were so many things up in the air about uh, what had happened with Aunt Viv, the OG Aunt Viv, whose name I can't think of right now, I apologize, and why she um, was asked to leave the show. And the documentary cleared up a lot of those questions and curiosities. Um, as a Fresh Prince fan, I think that you will be able to be, you will be able to come out of this satisfied and um, you'll find a new love for the show if you hadn't already or if you lost it. And this is one of those series also, I might say, that is pretty timeless. It touches on a lot of topics that us black people still go through on a regular basis. And that story of a kid growing up in the hood and being able to uh, trade that life in for a life of, of luxury in the hills of, you know, Bel Air, is 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 a dream come true you know what i mean like and will's transformation throughout the show was something that was very awe-inspiring and i think that um there is a lot to take away from that show still now with that being said um i think it's very clear that will comes off as a sociopath in terms of how much control he had within the series and what wasn't allowed to happen on set. Um, I think that it didn't become a detriment to the viewers, but I do think that we could have gotten maybe a slightly better show if there weren't so many things going on behind the scenes that allowed for people to not be able to receive the type of progress that they deserved. 
But all in all, it was a beautiful documentary. It was wonderful to see black people come together in a way to represent um, their past accomplishments. And I do think that it was necessary. And if you have the time, go ahead and check it out. So, yeah, that's going to be it for me this week. Um, I feel like I talked more than I usually do on specific topics, but I'm trying to do that. And I'm trying to focus on making this, you know, the best pod out. I've been surfing Clubhouse a lot lately, um, just to network and stuff like that. So if you're listening to this and uh, you've come across this show because of Clubhouse, shout out to you. Uh, I'll be on there spitting game about whatever. Uh, you can find me there at Mike History. And I just wanted to plug that in just because it's a very interesting app. And I'm curious to see how it develops in the future. But I don't want to give too much free promotion of it. So we're going to go ahead and close out by saying send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram at Versus Mike History. And as always, you can catch me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. As always, everything Versus Mike History related is at VersusMikeHistory.com. And I will see you beautiful black people next week. Goodbye.